0: Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of Pro Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! I'm Kelly. Hey, I'm Gabe. I'm Elena. Um, so, uh, in terrible news, the Ohio Supreme Court rejected the Dayton appeal, uh, yesterday. So, that sucks. And, uh, this has been something that we've, oh, kind of been waiting on for a long time. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't only the Democrats that said no, or, that like, um, or in the minority. Well, obviously, of course, the, minor- the Democrats are going to be the minority. Right. Point being, it's not just the two Democrats that were in the- that dissented. There was also a Republican. Um, so chief justice. Yes. Oh. So it was it was a four to three decision.
1: Yeah, uh, and she has sided with us before, um, when it was an all s- Republican Supreme Court. She was the only person who sided with the clinics in previous rounds of this. And I think she's kind of, you know, she is the chief justice. She is a, a professional career judge. I think it's safe to say. Um, so I think she's been providing a little bit of a, this is the legit opinion. Now my <laughs> colleagues are going to all vote against you and strike this down <laughs> because they're all partisans.
0: Well, there's that. I mean, so. it's it's really frustrating, like, um, neoconservatives that don't even try to be nonpartisan. They, like, there is no semblance of justice here. It's just, right. we're going to fall along party lines because we're neoconservatives. So, shills. Yeah. the oh. shills. Ain't
1: that just the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, this the state Supreme Court is an important body and that's difficult because they're supposed to be nonpartisan, which makes figuring out who you're voting for at election time an incredibly difficult thing for most voters.
0: Right, because they don't run on a party ticket. Right. They
1: just run. But yet they're supported by people who have partisan views. Are they endorsed? I mean, it's 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 funky. You know, they they try to kind of limit partisan standing endorsements. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you'll get groups that are like, well, we're not choosing in this race, but this person over here is really good. Um, It's a weird thing. Well, um,
0: well, in 2018, we saw our first two Democrats elected to the Supreme Court because before that it was all Republicans, right? Right. Um, and we saw our first black woman mm-hmm. who was elected. So Melody Stewart had yep. a nice Irish name. Right. So <laughs> that'll help.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, that was something that we learned in political science class was how important it is just to have a judge sounding name. And and the percentage of people who change their name to be, well, I'm going to be Judge Brown. Uh, is actually quite shocking because if you were voting and you don't know anything, and oh, Judge Brown sounds good. Mm. That's how a lot of judges get their job. Because a lot of Judge Browns, Judge Green. Oh, it sounds like a judge. Well, oh I mean, you, that's like, the, like that's
0: that's. I mean, you would vote for them if they were down ticket races. If you were voting partisan, but that's not like that. So you have to just kind of pick a name because you haven't looked into the races at all.
1: It, yeah, and so. uh, Republicans have gone after. Democrats by running somebody with the name Kennedy against another Kennedy, because by the time you get down to the bottom of the ballot and you're just kind of ready to be out of there, right? You know, (laughs) it it sounds like a a good name, so that's how they get picked. Freeman will help me if I ever run, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Kelly will also. I'm very very lucky in that sense. (laughs)
0: Very very English Irish name, Judge Freeman. I'm not gonna. Nope. Mm
2: -hmm. Judge Mm Ramsey would be good too. It can work, it has got a nice ring. Judge of- man. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Not in your favor there, Gabe. No. he's least not, not,
0: not in my docket. <laughs> yeah, well. Anyway, Dayton. Um, this is not the first blow for the Dayton Clinic. They've been um, fighting this battle for a long time. Do we know what's going to happen next?
1: Um, we, uh, we know that the lawyers are continuing to work on it. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like. We can't make promises. But the clinic is open. It is. Uh, and, you know, the, uh, pro-choice side, our advocacy, their lawyers, the clinic staff are all working to continue to figure out ways, uh, to either, you know, accommodate or challenge the state's requirements, which are all completely medically unnecessary. Which is to say
0: it's, it's not a done deal. The clinic is still open. All of the clinics in Ohio that we have are still open. All nine. Yep. All nine. So, um...
1: We're still still doing what we do. And Elena, you were quoted Mm -hmm. in the Dayton Daily News coverage on this story.
2: Yes. What do you say? Yeah, along with Kelly Copeland, you know, we reiterated, of course, that the uh, Women's Med Center is still open. Yay. And also that, you know, it's really unconscionable that the Ohio Supreme Court would punish pregnant people like this by denying, um, you know, this, um, the ruling. And really, you know, when it comes down to it, people deserve access to health care in their communities, and that includes safe and legal abortion care. And so, you know, we really, you know, as the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice, stand uh, for people's moral agency and conscience, and we're going to stand with women's men's who's trying to provide that care. And, you know, the Supreme Court, to even Premier Health in the area, you know, they're using refusals of care to deny people you know, this kind of access, and it's really unconscionable.
0: Yeah, I guess for anyone who isn't familiar, the, the outstanding case with Dayton doesn't have to do with patient care. Not mm-hmm. really. Yep. It has to do with the fact that um, the Women's Med Center of Dayton doesn't have a transfer agreement with a local hospital, uh, local being within 30 miles and not a public hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so your options are ProMedica. Nope, just kidding. Just Premier. Kidding. <laughs> Sorry, we've had this fight before in Toledo. Uh, Premier Health and and or Kettering, um, both of which are religious hospitals and both of which are refusing to sign a transfer agreement. This is a medically unnecessary transfer agreement. It will not improve patient outcomes. It is just a piece of bureaucracy that the state of Ohio is trying to use to close our clinics. Right. So.
2: Right. And for Premier and Kettering to say that because they have partial Catholic ownership, they can't, you know, sign this kind of transfer agreement. Uh, is just really backwards. I mean, are you going to really hide behind Catholic ideology to dictate patient care? Like, what's next, right? Like, are you going to stop... Right. Access to contraception or tubal ligations or IVF treatments, if the Catholic Church is, you know, against that, like, funny, this funny is thing not is. the way.
0: <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, we Respectful. don't know. We don't, don't know what know. Uh, Premier is and is not doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is interesting how Catholic is twenty two percent Catholic. Gabe, mm-hmm. you were raised Catholic. How much is twenty two percent Catholic? <laughs>
1: uh, it's it's a fair enough amount. Um, <laughs> but they they got uh, they got that. Catholic, you know, ownership by purchasing Good Samaritan Hospital in right. Dayton, which they then closed. Yes. So, you know. Which is also under federal investigation, Yeah, possibly. how Christian is it to remove a hospital from a community? It's not only, like, a community, but, like,
0: specifically, it is a hospital that was primarily, like, black population. Yeah.
1: Was that good, Sam? It was uh, an ER so yeah, just you know. Yeah, to close a hospital and say that your closing of that hospital suddenly makes you Christian mm. <laughs> is is in my opinion that isn't how kind of backwards. That isn't
0: how like religion or healthcare works. I don't follow this at all. So bottom line, right? <laughs> at the end of the day, we're disappointed and the clinic is still open. Yes. It's it's another yeah, we week at <laughs> the work we do. <laughs> right. So, uh another terrible news cuz that's just how this week is going. Um our friends at Planned Parenthood, uh not just in Ohio but nationwide have pulled out of the Title 10 program. Um, so this is following the domestic gag rule, which says that if you are a title 10 provider, you cannot refer to abortion services, um, Planned Parenthood and actually not just Planned Parenthood, but lots of other health providers are saying, no, we're not going to do that because abortion is an integral part of reproductive health care. So title 10 is family planning. Abortion is part of family planning. (laughs) You're kind of planning your family with that.
1: Right. So this pays Mm -hmm. for all Mm -hmm. the other. Life-saving cancer screenings, you know, breast and cervical cancer screenings, uh, procedures like colposcopies, you know, none of these uh, have anything to do with abortion care. And Richard Nixon decided that the federal government, so he created Title X then. <laughs> to to world-renowned liberal <laughs> Richard Nixon, and so here's you know Trump continuing the uh, the, the George Bush. Uh, Mike Pence, uh, Republican Party's campaign against trusted health care providers. Can you really
0: even say it was George offered- Bush? Like he did at one point, or like I think his dad had like a Planned Parenthood Center named after him. Like they have been donors to Planned Parenthood.
1: Yeah. I mean, Poppy Bush. Sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, was, was on that sort of Richard Nixon side of the Republican Party. And it wasn't until... Uh, you know, HW or W. So, what um, you mean is uh, Dick dictating. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the, you know, the Karl Rove mm-hmm. aspect of how can we exploit the, uh, you know, the right wing part of uh, the evangelical movement uh, in, you know, in the United States to, you know.
0: And would you, say, I mean, Planned Parenthood serves. A lot, if not the majority of Title 10 patients. I mean, they're good at family planning. It's kind of their whole gig. Right. Um, so, like, the fact that they are taking away this money means that they are taking away the money from the most efficient organization who will use this money in the best way for what?
1: Right. When they, when they did this in Ohio, um, the, the state suggested other, uh, you know, federally qualified health centers. did that, Didn't that would include, like, dental clinics? Yeah. Oh, it it love to get my places, birth control at a dental clinic. Uh, yeah, wasn't places <laughs> capable of of, you know, of, of doing this work in the same way.
0: And I've heard that fake women's health centers will possibly start being qualified for Title X funding, which is to say that Clinics that clinics, I say, with like the largest of air quotes, that do not even offer hormonal birth control will qualify for funding for what? hormonal birth control.
2: Does that mean they have to be licensed? Finally, I mean, they're not real health centers. I don't know.
0: Jeez, that would follow like rhyme and reason and logic, okay. and I, that's not what seems to be applied here. No, I don't. I unclear. Yeah. Yeah. So I
1: don't know how it would work.
0: I mean, how how many millions of dollars are just like freed up to other organizations now because Planned Parenthood, the largest provider of Title X services, is no longer able to do that.
1: Right. So, well, you know, um, it was uh, a, an organizer with the ACLU, uh, Adrian Gavula, uh, who passed away mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. But when she testified against uh, the Planned Parenthood defunding, um, she had a social work background uh, and was pretty knowledgeable. Uh, and how you know all of this works, uh, and her testimony—the th- main point, which I hadn't heard anybody bring up—is that hey, yeah, there's going to be other healthcare providers that will step in and they'll apply for this money. And from her experience working with some of them, they'll put it towards you know uh, capital campaign investments and and increase you know types of, uh, of uh, increase put it towards their facilities. Uh, new equipment, but none of it's going to go towards direct patient care because they're not set up to offer that right now. And so, yeah, there will be facilities that'll take the cash, they'll absorb that into their budgets, but the care won't then be offered. Uh, Not in the same communities, not to the same clients, uh, and as you said, not with the same efficiency. So...
0: Yeah. And like this gag rule that Planned Parenthood has pulled out of Title 10 because of like, it wouldn't have just affected Title 10 patients. Like if you go to somewhere that is a Title 10 provider, and you are not a Title 10 patient, they can also not refer you to abortion services should you desire or need them. Right. So it's not just Title 10 patients that are getting screwed over. It's all of us that
1: Yay. use healthcare. So and that is the other side of this. It's, it's an abortion uh, referral gag rule. Right. You know, just like the Mexico City policy that we've had that applies to other countries. You know, if you're referring for abortions, you can't get funds from the United States. That's had a horrible effect worldwide. Now Trump is basically applying the same thing, you know, within our borders.
0: So do we have any hope <laughs> with regards to Title 10? Like, let's say we have a new president in 2021, uh, God willing, and uh, the creek don't rise. <laughs> um what, is, what would that mean for Title Ten? Would they be able to be reinstated as a Title X provider?
1: Uh, I believe so. Okay. Yeah, That's a help.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder how many
1: things will happen under this
0: administration that will be permanently destroying our country.
1: Well, you know, part of, uh, part of the threat there um, is, is the judges that uh, the Trump administration is allowing Mitch McConnell to appoint. Right, um, and so you know when president who you know whoever Warren Harris <laughs> Booker, I'm not trying to pick sides here, just whoever the next president is, a can of soup, yes, uh, whenever president Campbell's <laughs> uh, <laughs> comes in, uh, and they start reversing many of these if they encounter. Uh, some pushback in the courts. It's going to be Trump-appointed judges, and so mm. that's why you know it's it's very important to be paying attention. Again, judges are incredibly important um, to to look at how they're being selected. I'm stressed. Yeah. <laughs> mm.
0: Um. So uh, in some better news, Elena, you have a cool event coming up in a few weeks.
2: Oh, I do. Gosh, it's coming up fast. Uh, yeah. yeah. So September 10th and 11th, we're having uh, a- That's a like,
0: Tuesday and Wednesday? It is. Why, yes. why would Right you, after
2: Labor Day. Right, why would right. you do an
0: event on a Tuesday and Wednesday? Who's, the, who's your audience?
2: Oh my goodness. So it is a faith leader summit. So, so they can't do weekends? Not always. No, <laughs> not so much. Something about, I don't know, Shabbat, church, all that good stuff. Yeah, so uh, we are having our Second Faith Leader Summit, and it's focused on advancing uh, LGBTQ equality as well as reproductive health. And so the gathering uh, is going to be here in Columbus, and it's all about and for clergy, lay leaders, uh, seminarians, different stakeholders uh, who really want to make sure that, you know, communities, congregations are equipped to um, make sure that we're providing justice and healthcare to everyone, uh, and so we're really proud to be partnering with like Planned Parenthood, Equality Ohio, Choice Network, which by the way is one of like eight uh, pro-choice adoption agencies, and we're you know bringing all these people together to uh, talk about. Um, we'll have everything from abortion storytellers to providers talking about their experiences. And we're super excited that uh, Tony Bond, one of the founding mothers of the reproductive justice movement, will also be our keynote. Hey, that's awesome. Yes. So it's going to be, you know, super practical, hands-on stuff that people can bring back to their communities to really create safe spaces for LGBTQ youth, uh, provides direct support to patients of abortion care to uh, making sure people understand the importance of pro-choice adoption agencies. And then also, you know, how to teach about healing and justice from our different uh, sacred texts. Um, Really, in an effort to counter um, the bad, bad um, messages and policies that we're seeing um, across Ohio, which, are you know, tend to be uh, put forth by religious conservatives, extremists, who... Have uh, really hijacked uh, the conversation, and you know the Bible and the Quran and the Torah, and these are all things that um, you know we need people of faith to take the lead on who are progressive and value that everyone has access to healthcare.
0: That's cool. really awesome. How many years have you done this? Is this the second year? Second one. That's yeah. exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I. This is something that I really appreciate as somebody who really doesn't identify as somebody who's religious. I find that like. It seems that um, churches and like religious leaders like have a tendency to uphold white supremacy, uphold the status quo, and I don't think that's what religion should be used for. So I'm, I'm happy to see this kind of event uh, happen more than once and right. gain traction, and you're doing cool stuff.
2: Well, thank you. Yes, yes, we try. So. So it's important.
0: It is, and I'm super happy for it because you guys should be the troublemakers.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we try. yes. So, we do.
0: yeah. Um, speaking of upholding white supremacy, um, there was coverage of a local news outlet. Gabe can out them if he feel, so feels like he. If that's something you feel
1: comfortable doing, six one four magazine.
0: All right, I don't know. Oh. Yeah, they uh, they did coverage of the Proud Boys, which is an uh, far far right organization. They had a march out in Dublin. Was this past weekend?
1: Yeah, just recently.
0: So and then they did coverage. The, there was no byline of who wrote this article. There was no uh, actual member of the Proud Boys that was quoted. So it was um, just the paper, just a co- other almost almost a quiet endorsement hmm. of the Proud Boys, which is I don't think the intent, but just the oversight is not a good look.
1: No, <laughs> just gross. Yeah, don't don't print somebody else's uh, hate speech without, unchecked. Yeah, don't don't print it at all. Right. Like, don't give them the platform in the first place, but like, also don't
0: give them an uncritical, uncensored. On, un- I mean, I guess you shouldn't censor the press, but like, you should censor some of the people who are speaking to the press,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> you know and i i think it's uh it's kind of a symptom of what we're seeing at the the national level where there have been a lot of you're normalizing white supremacy when you yeah, do this you know unattributed uh white house uh staffers speaking in defense of the president's policies but none of them put their name behind it so you just get unnamed white house staffer and now we've got this local coverage that's just you know unnamed proud boy spokesperson Gets this many column uh, column inches in a uh, local media outlet.
0: Maybe if they're afraid of being named, they shouldn't be out on the street waving a racist flag. Right. There's just just an idea. So Uh, if you're afraid of being (laughs) held accountable for what you're saying, then maybe you shouldn't. Say it
1: right. Yeah. Uh, and before we sat down, I did pull up the article. They've updated it. Uh, they reached out to six one four. Reached out to the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, for a kind of other side. Um, and the Southern Poverty Law Center was like, we're not responding to those people.
0: Right. <laughs> They're not worth their time. <laughs> no.
1: Yeah. So they didn't feel like playing along. So mm.
0: I love the Southern po- Southern mm. Poverty Law Center. They're in Montgomery, Alabama. I know that because I looked at jobs with them once and I was like I'm not moving to Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> I think a special person and I am not that. Right. So um
1: but uh Columbus Alive uh Andy Downing yeah uh wrote a really terrific piece uh outlining I think six ways uh that It was a bad article. <laughs> yeah, he 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 was saying in his Columbus Alive piece how this other publication should not have made these mistakes and given this uh unchecked coverage to a racist hate group.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting because I like I know some of the people who work for 614. So I'm just like, who did this? Who who said this was a good idea? Is it gonna be in the print version? Maybe you should reconsider this. Right. So I think there might be a boycott in that uh, is brewing of six one four. So
1: Yeah. Whoops. Okay.
0: Um, in more news, uh, that's not news, (laughs) the Columbus police report came out and said they have a huge racial bias. So I know, um, I think, I, I think Ohio police specifically Columbus and Cincinnati have some of the worst police brutality against minorities in the country. Um, and now we just have a report that says what everybody already knew. So.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's good to have to refer to. Um,
2: what are they going to do about sucks it? Sucks for Columbus. Right, right.
0: So.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, we saw the Columbus Vice Squad get disbanded because that had They're very not great. obvious uh, problems, including the killing of one woman who an officer trapped in a car. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that she pulled a knife. Everyone said, well, you trapped her in a car.
0: <laughs> right. And I would also pull a knife if somebody trapped me in a car, if I had a knife.
1: Right. And and it's unclear uh, as to whether or not uh, she understood that he was a police officer at the time. Yeah. So from her point of view, it might just be, hey, this guy's about to kill me. Um, and then he did. I mean, if he's a cop, it's still <clears throat> odds are he will kill you in a car. Um, so, So, you know, that was uh, the biggest and most evident uh, case that alerted a lot of people to the problems in the vice squad
0: i mean let's let's specifically highlight that this was a white woman that was killed, so like that's the right that's the reason why people are paying attention mm-hmm. for the first time sometimes right so
1: Fair. Um, And so then this report, uh, I think is valuable. A lot of people had the uh, response of, you know, well, duh, we told you so. But, you know, I, I think it's it's good that this question was kind of asked officially that there was a... At least the money was invested to find out,
0: like, the actual t- statistics. Right,
1: you know. Um, it It's good to have this report to show that these aren't, uh, a, a, you know, random collection of complaints from across the city. This is an actual... Uh, reported researched trend that the department should now take appropriate steps to address i should have done that already um uh, disbanding the vice squad was something yes um but now they have uh even more reasons to take corrective action
0: yes which is good yeah um nope totally lost my train of thought my <laughs> mistake sorry uh, here's hoping we see some change. And uh, what I was going to say was, it's not paranoia if it's true. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. So all these people who have been calling for change in the Columbus Police Department uh, at least have something tangible to refer to. So right. that's good.
2: True story. Yeah, we have a large group of faith leaders here in Columbus, too, who have been like on this and trying to put more focused attention and accountability. And yeah, it remains to be seen whether they'll take that report seriously or not.
0: Right. Um, so now it's time to transition to events and I forget how Gabe actually does this. so I'm gonna talk about events that are happening. Hey Kelly, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? Uh why? <laughs> Let me pull this up. Um I'm gonna be actually out next week. I'm very excited about this, Ooh. but this Saturday, uh there is Akron Pride. So if you want a table with us in Akron um check check out our Facebook page, email Hannah at Hannah at prochoiceohio.org. Um, is this our nineteenth Pride Festival? No, this is like this is like number fifteen. I think maybe sixteen. Okay, we're up there. Yeah. If you haven't oh. seen us this month at a Pride, like you're missing out because <laughs> we've been mm. at, damn near everywhere. <laughs> um, the only one, thing, well, the only one that I'm pretty sure I missed. Well, I know I missed it, but like I think of like of the Pride festivals that had festivals, the one I missed was Middletown. So don't worry, you're number one on my list next year. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me why Um, Next week August 29th We have Reproductive Health Happy Hour Uh, That's a Thursday At St. James It goes to Women Have Options The Statewide Abortion Fund Um, September 1st Is my day back to work It's a Sunday Um, We're going to be At Fifth Street Brew Pub In Dayton I'm going to be doing A guest bartending shift
1: I didn't know that That's awesome
0: Yeah It's going to be It's going to be a brunch shift So come get a Bloody Mary from me It'll be fun. Yeah. Nice Yeah Mm -hmm. Um, September 4th, we have the second of our fall webinar series. Come learn more about fake women's health centers. Um, September 10th is Elena's, uh, 2019 faith leader summit called Holy Callings, And then September 12th, we have the NARAL pro-choice Ohio mini golf classic. Gabe, do you want to tell us more about the mini golf classic? Uh,
1: yeah, this is the second one that we've done. Um, it's in Cleveland. Yep. Uh, at Sweetie's golf land. Um and so the idea is that this golf uh golf classic is structured the same way that the um uh National Abortion Funds Bowlathon.
0: It's also like the Relay for Life or like uh like like the JDRF walk like you,
1: you have a team and you fundraise. Right. So. Um so uh you yes you uh can join uh, a team, create a team, get your friends together uh, and then uh, sign up on the website that provides you with some links to your own personal donation page that you can send out to your friends to raise money. Um, you know, if, if all else fails, you can't just, you know, cut a check and participate. But what, what we'd really prefer uh, is for you to get your friends to pay for it for you. <laughs> um, so send that out to your, to your family, send that out to your coworkers, say, hey, I'm raising money for NARO Pro Choice Ohio through this event. Um, And then come and uh, put up or shut up Is the uh, (laughs) event slogan I think we need to get t-shirts uh, I believe there's still a couple hole sponsors left, so if you aren't joining a team uh, and you you want to have a hole, uh, you can you can sponsor it, and so then as somebody comes up to like the you know they can 17th, be PG 13
0: uh, at most. I think is what the rules are. Yeah, there's there's kids, so
1: so if you're gonna make a hole pun, it, it better be subtle. <laughs> uh, but but we'll we'll put your name beside uh, you know the the 17th green or or you know one of them. Um,
0: One of our teams uh, that our operations director Rachel is on or is captaining is called the Par T Poopers. So oh. that's <laughs> your that's your PG thirteen level you can aspire to. Right. I can
2: go with like A whole. Holy crap.
1: No, you could go with holy (laughs) rollers. Oh, yes. Yes. Nice. (laughs) There we go. Uh, So that event is uh, on September 12th, but of course, because you would be asking your friends for money. um, Fundraise now. Yeah. Sign up uh, ASAP. We'll put the link in the show notes.
0: Yeah. And then uh, the other events planned for September and the beginning of October, I'm hosting town halls. I'm super excited about this. Um, We have one on September 19th that's for the east side of Franklin County and one for October 3rd that is the west side of Franklin County. Um, They're both six to eight. Child care and food are both provided. We have a couple of legislators at each of these. Um, We're hosting this with Columbus DSA and Kaleidoscope Youth Center. So... I'm super excited about this. Um, it's going to be really kick-ass events. And please, I've, I've put so much work into them. Please come.
2: <laughs> For real. And so. you provide child care. Yes, I am. Hey, you.
0: Yeah. But I mean, the focus is um, a full spectrum of reproductive health care and mm. options from abortion to child care to better birth outcomes to parenting LGBTQ teens. So come talk to your legislators about these topics. I don't know if two hours will be enough, but hey, that
1: just means that I get to host more. Oh, no. <laughs> so. We should discuss promotional emails for those after we get done with the show. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. You gonna come to my one on the third? Your your representative's gonna be there. Yeah. Sure. Cool. Representative Adam Miller.
0: I love him. I specifically am hosting two town halls because he couldn't attend my first one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was kind of wondering why we're doing two in Columbus. Well, <laughs> a because it's hard to have a, a town hall with like fifteen legislators, and b because Adam yeah. Miller couldn't come to the first one. <laughs> okay. It's a good answer. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, well, thanks for tuning in this week. We'll probably talk to you next week.